Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. All right. Amen. Okay, those of we've never met online or wherever you are, I'm Chip Freed. This is uh, Pastor Steve Furr. We have the joy of being pastors here, teaching pastors. How many of you have been here have always wanted Pastor Chip and Steve to do a tag team sermon? Come on, be honest. Yeah, yeah. And this came on me this morning. So he's not rehearsed. I actually preached a sermon at 9 o'clock, so I have one written. But I was just so moved to say, Steve, I think you and I need to be up on stage today. Uh, so this is a little impromptu. So if it stinks, it's my fault, not his. I'm owning that. I'm, I'm dealing with the sin of pride today. We're in a, uh, a series of the seven daily sins. You've heard of the seven deadly sins? As I taught last week, they're not in the Bible. It was created by a monk in the 4th century, and the Pope Gregory the Great picked it up in the 6th century, and then Thomas Aquinas wrote about it, and then Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman did it on, on screen, right? Like, they, but they, but it, it's been in tradition, the seven deadly sins. What poisons us? What derails us? Now, even though it's not in the Bible, the seven deadly sins, uh, it, it, theologians looked. What derails us? What sets us off? And every list is a little different. But you know what's not different on any of those lists? Pride is always number one. Pride is always number one. I said last week, Pastor, uh, Copernicus, Galileo got persecuted by the church because they had the audacity to say the earth wasn't the center of the universe. See, we we have to be the center of the universe. So when were you ordained? Oh, man, 1987. 87, I was ordained in 90. So you've got six decades of ministry up here we should be the most prideless people. And I was talking with Steve. We're so full of pride. Not We're so full of pride. Yeah, see, not me. Uh, here's, here's one thing I want to say in the sermon day. If you know you are not full of pride, the Bible said that's a first sign, first symptom. So, Steve, talk about pride. How has it infiltrated your life and your ministry? Jeez, why do you do this to me, bro? I know. I thought you loved me. I used to. Yeah, so... You know, pride is like, uh, it's like Novocaine. Anybody have a Novocaine shot into your, your jaw where you can't feel anything? It stops us from being able to sense right from wrong. It's a sense when the Spirit of God is speaking to us. And, and so, it, and, and when you're there, you, you, you have to be delivered out of it because you don't realize you're there until God is loving enough to show you, hey, why you didn't hear me is because you thought you already knew. And that's my first point. It's like, when you think what you know is enough, you're there. Therefore, you're not open to anything else that comes to you. Because I, knowledge puffs up. Right? And so we get knowledgeable. That's why for pastors it's so difficult because we're always studying. So we think, oh, God, I know it all. It means walk in the love of God. 
you do, yes, I do. And there you go. And so when some other version or insight or understanding comes about love, you're saying, that's not what the Bible says. Of course, I know everything that the Bible says about love because I studied it. You don't. And so that's, that's for us. For me, that was the big thing is like when you think you know so much and you're there, you're not open to hear anything else. Yeah, the more, you, the more you know, the worse it gets. I, I've been reading this book. I put it on my social media called The Big Sort, how like-minded America is tearing us apart, that people are geographically yes. right now moving into locations where everybody agrees with them. Do you realize that? They yeah. studied the presidential elections because it's the only thing you, you get a national yes. uh, barometer on. And uh, back from 1976... They had what they called landslide counties, meaning a county would go by 20% Republican or Democrat. Yeah. That's a landslide county. There was like, you could count them on your fingers how many there were in the 70s. Now we're outnumbered by landslide counties. Yes. And uh, there, there's a sociologist named uh, Cass Sunstein who wrote The Law of Group Polarization. And what he says is, um, when people of like mind gather together, they get more extreme. We're not in a place, says this book, where we have diversity of opinions anymore. And we've become what he called balkanized communities. Yes. And too many churches become that. Um, and I was telling Pastor Steve this morning, we had a young man who sings on Broadway. He's amazing in our choir. And he got up in front of the church before he sang and he said, you know what? I came to this church, I didn't believe in God. But I saw people from different races, from different political parties, from different generations, gather together as one, and I knew there was a God. Wow. And I, it was the greatest compliment. Yes. It was. And you know what I told Steve? Like Nebuchadnezzar, I wanted to say, I did that. Yeah, I said, bro, I said, bro you knocked that out, man. Your vision is so awesome. I swear. <laughs> Go chip, you know. We, we, we Look how it creeps up on you. It does. You know what's interesting, though, is like the, the, the revelation that even Jesus' disciples were not like group thought. All of those guys were different. Mm -hmm. Like if you read all of the texts, they're infighting all the time. I mean, they have mom trying to get the boys hooked up. Jesus, Jesus, when you come into your glory, Remember. I want my sons, my son, one sitting here and one sitting there. And the rest of the disciples was mad about it. So this infighting kind of thing, but everybody was not thinking like one thing. They were diverse thinkers from diverse backgrounds mm -hmm. and that they came into the unity of Christ. And Jesus stuck with them. Yeah, exactly. He didn't throw them out the door and say, you know, the Holy Ghost is X, Y, Z. Say X, Y, Z. Oh, X, Y, P. You're gone. You know, that's not it. That's stuff we do. And I, I, I chose Nebuchadnezzar today because of an uh, example of how pride corrupts us, because um, Tom Wolfe in his book, Bonfire of the Vandies, coined the phrase, masters of the universe. Nebuchadnezzar was maybe one of the six most powerful people in the history of this planet. Like, he, he ruled the world. The Babylonian Empire um, was, was it. I mean, and you say, well, you know, people always have to worry about coups or being over, the he didn't have to worry no. about anything. There was no army in the world like his, and yet he couldn't sleep. He couldn't sleep. That's why I call it the restlessness of pride. He, why this story in Daniel that we read, he called Daniel in, because pastor, he had this dream, and you know this, 
that in the, in the middle of the night, it said it terrified me, right? He said uh, um, it, it completely terrified me. He had a dream there was a tree over all the earth and all of creation, and everything in creation was under that tree, and a voice came and said, I'm going to cut that tree down. I'm going to strip it of its leaves. I'm going to scatter its fruit. The stump will stay there, yes. which was important. But I'm going to let you know who is God. And he couldn't sleep. And here, you know, Nebuchadnezzar has what we're all after. It does. You know, I, I say in this world, either people have power, position, or privilege, or they're looking for it. Right? right? And Nebuchadnezzar has everything. And he reminds us, like Willie Nelson used to say, enough is always a little bit more. Yes, yes. He has enough, and he still can't sleep. He still can't sleep because all theologians say there's a God-sized hole in us, and to fill it with anything else will leave us unsatisfied. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's interesting about Nebuchadnezzar. In our, in our time, we didn't know how much he really was. Like, this was the guy. Like, this was... Even now, even now in that culture, if you talk about Nebuchadnezzar, oh, oh, Nebuchadnezzar. And what's powerful to me, Pastor, is this. One of the greatest statements of praise and glory to God came from a pagan king. Absolutely. After God showed him, I'm God. And God gave him back his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Said, okay, you can have it back, but now you know. If you didn't know, now you know. Think about that. That's awesome. I had not, this... Hey, we're going to do this every Sunday, okay? All right. I had never thought about that. Yeah, one of the greatest attestations in the Bible to God and who God is comes from a person who was antagonistic to God. Absolutely. But all of a sudden, at the end, says, I had a cancer in me. I had something so spiritually damaging in me. Yes. And I now give thanks to God for reordering who I'm supposed to be. Yes. Um, and, and maybe you got a good night's sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah now, now he knows where it comes from. Like, he didn't create this good nicely. It's awesome how God, and the thing about this with me and this story has always struck me, is that at one point did God say, now you serve me. Mm -hmm. He never done that. He, what, what, he, what God was trying to teach Nebuchadnezzar is that he is God. And whatever we have is because of God. Absolutely. Whatever he, we have is because of God. And that's why I, I call the second point the perversion of pride. Oh. Because what happens is, let's say Pastor Steve preaches a great sermon, and then I get up and say, yeah, I wrote that. Right? Yeah. Or, or you sing a, you compose a song, and I say, no, I wrote it. We practice cosmic plagiarism. We do. We claim to be the author. Yes. Right? In, in Hebrews, it says, by faith we celebrate God, who is the, looking to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. But we say, no, I did that. I did that. Say, I, that's why I wanted to say this morning, I heard Joey lifting up, oh, yeah, I built that. Right? That voice comes in. And what did Nebuchadnezzar say? Even when he got yeah. this revelation. And let me say something to you. I feel like standing up. I'm Go not, ahead, stand No, up. because we, no, we might up. both stand up. Okay, well, but, anyhow, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stand up. 
What I'm saying is, God will, did I go out of the shot, Dave? Uh, God will always send Daniels into your life. Yes. He will always send voices into your life. He will always send messages into your life. He will always send dreams into your life. Don't ignore the signs. Yes, sir. It's a sign that God hasn't given up on you. Yes. He's saying, Nebuchadnezzar, you, you think you have all this by your own design. Yes, but yes. I am the author. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the copyright. Yes, sir. I'm the manufacturer. You don't look in the bottom of your shoe and say made in China. You said made by me. You were created by me, designed, God said, as a masterpiece, as we heard that uh, video. I feel like preaching a little bit. I need to sit down. <laughs> I'll just leave and just say no, amen no. from over there. Come on, bro. But let me, let me, let me share this with you. You know, in, in my tradition, where we come from, we, we practice laying on hands and anointing and praying for people. And I was in a revival back in the day when they called us revivalists. That shows you how old I am. They, they didn't call you. The, oh, yeah, the, I have the sprayed hair and the yeah, white shoes. Yeah, yeah the revivalist is in town. And so I'm running this revival, and I feel led to pray for people. And so, you know, it's a big production in that group. And so I start praying for people, and, and they were, like, legitimately slain in the spirit. Like, I wasn't, like, pushing nobody. And so I look up over this group, and, and it, was a, it wasn't a big church, maybe 20 people, 30 people, something like that. And everybody was laying on the floor. And here's that voice. Mm, I did that. Man, you something special. <laughs> and so, and so, uh, yeah. And then the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart, and he smites my heart, Pastor. And he says, I don't need you for this. And don't you touch my people again. I was there for 30 days. That's how long that revival went, 30 days. Wow. And the very next night, the Holy Spirit said to me, I'm going to show you something. He says, don't you touch them. You just step back and pray to me and watch what I do. And that was God teaching me. I may work through you. Now I've got to stand up. Go ahead. But it's me. You're just a vehicle. It, it, it's me. It's, it's like liquid gold coming out of a hose. You don't praise the hose. You praise the gold. He said, it's, we have this treasure. In broken vessels. In broken vessels. And that was, my, that was one of the lessons where the Lord had to break me from that. Because when that voice comes, you will agree. Yeah, I remember. You know why? You know why, Pastor? Because I fasted, prayed for that meeting. Exactly. And therefore, it was my fasting. <laughs> Glory to his name. And my prayer that made it happen. He said, it wasn't none of that. I'm sovereign. That's just what I wanted to happen. How many of you thought you achieved it? How many thought you did it? I'm owed. You know what pride does? It creates a spirit of owedness. Oh, my goodness. I'm owed this. So when I look at the good things in my life, Mm. I'm going to stand up now. Okay, all right. I look at the good things in my life, and I think, I deserve this. I earned it. I, I, I went to school. I've got two Ivy League degrees. I deserve it, right? And, and, and then when things are going bad, you feel like, God, this is not right. This shouldn't happen to Why me. Why me? It's an oldness, right? It is. We're owed so much. We, you know what fight you find out? At the end of the day, you don't owe anything. If God gave us what we deserve, hello. Hello. Yeah. If yeah. God yeah. gave yeah. us yeah. what we yeah. deserve, yeah. we'd be in a lot of trouble, yes. right? And, you know, I, our family's been going through some trials and tribulations. Some of you have been praying for us. I love it. But you know what I had recently? A sense of gratitude. Yeah. You know what I was grateful for? Who I get to go through it with. Yeah. 
Yes, sir. Been married to my best friend for 35 years. Isn't that wonderful? And I'm like, I just started thanking God for my marriage. and said, my God, I know we're going through hell and high water, but look who I get to go through it with. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what happens when you have a spirit all of a sudden of understand you're not owed anything. Everything. What does the scripture say in James? So I have this pride claims to be the author of what is really a gift, but humility looks at all of life as a gift. And James said it this way. Don't be deceived, brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is where? From From above. above. Actually, when we say be born again, the literal Greek says be Be born born from from above. From above. No, understand that everything you have is coming from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like the sifting shadows. He chose... He chose. How many know God chose you? Yes, amen. Amen. God chose you. God, it was in God's mind that God created you. Even when I was formed in my mother's womb, God chose me. He chose me. It give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all that God created. The perversion of pride is we put God, we put ourselves yes. in the author seat. You stand up, you go. Well, well, no, I'm going to sit down. No. Listen, and one of the things about praise, because pride stops you from being grateful. Because you think you did it. Like, you take it for granted that, hey, I did, when, I, when I tore up my leg and it's still healing, right? You take walking for granted. You just take it for granted. You know, if you have, a, if you have I have sciatica and a bad leg, <laughs> right? But you take it for granted. So, but pride... Pride puts us in a place where we're not grateful. Mm-hmm. We're not thankful for what we have because we kind of believe we did it. Or like you said, we, we deserve it. And, and, and it's a two-edged sword because when it goes left, you, you completely condemn yourself. Because it was all about you. And if it went left, you did that too. This is when the devil laughs at you and goes, got you. Mm-hmm. Because we never depend on what the Lord has provided. And that was the original fall. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. You're going to eat of that fruit? Oh, God, you're not going to die. You'll be like God. You'll be just like God. And that's, I'm telling you, friends, that seven daily sins, all these ones point to, and pride is the number one, it points to the sin beneath all the sins. Not, not a list of rules. Those right. are the sins. sins. But the sin yeah. is we want to be our own Savior and Lord. Yes. We want to call our own shots. And we weren't wired for that. We weren't created for that. Every good gift comes from above. And when we start realizing that and receive that and live in gratitude, it, it can really dismantle our pride. It, and the thing about it, you know, life will humble you really as God doing it and bring you to what's important, like what's actually important. You know, I was first time I was admitted to the hospital for something. I, I'm, I'm laying here, and, and uh, I was working in a factory at the time, so I was really buff. You know, up under this keg is an APAC, but I was... Uh, <laughs> Me too, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't let the fat fool you. I'm ripped up. Anyway, so, so I'm... Pride. <laughs> Pride, yeah, yeah. Don't, you know, don't, don't be tripping. But I'm laying here in the hospital, and, and, and all of the things that I thought was important, all of a sudden were not important yeah. anymore. You know, uh, I, I was in so much pain. Uh, in fact, my wife, I wish she was, I was in so much pain until I went from um, crying to begging. I was in that much pain. And someone came in, because I was delirious, and this is what the Lord taught me, I was delirious. And, and they, they put some uh, Demerol, 
Thank God we got Demerol. Thank you, Jesus. They put, Did you have the buttons? Oh, Demerol. You do it all, Demerol. Anyway, so he, he puts Demerol into my IV. And this is what I learned. I didn't care if he was black, white, Asian, gay, straight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it brought me back to being grateful. Mm-hmm. For whomever God sends and however he sends it is to be grateful for it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and that dispels that pride. Yes, it does. We do. look, look what Paul said. You can't see this, Steve, but you might see it on the cheat screen. Do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not be puffed up in being a follower of one of us over against the other. Yes. Right? For who makes you different from anyone else? Wow. This is Paul, who was a... Jewish nationalist, a racist, a misogynist. Read the story. He was sure as Saul, he was all right. But now he knows, what did it do any good for me to be puffed up? For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? Right? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Why are you trying to be the author? Right? Why you act like it's not a gift? Exactly. Like it's a gift, right? You know, like whatever, whatever, it's a gift. So why would you boast about the fact that somebody gave you something? Just be grateful. Be their patron. Be their grateful. And tell people, you know what? The same God who gave it to me will give it to you. The same God. See, and that's, that's the big thing. I mean, we'll take credit for everything God does. Right. And, you know, and, and, mis, and really misrepresent. That's what I want to get to. You, we end up misrepresenting God to people. We misrepresent him. I, I, get, I get heat sometimes because I say I've never met a self-made person, like a self-made man, self-made oh, woman. Oh. And anybody says to me, I'm a self-made man. I said, do you have a belly button? Do you have a navel? <laughs> right. You're not self-made, You're not self-made. right? And, and it's so hard sometimes it to is. acknowledge that. And when Steve talked about a gift, all of us can remember, and I, I know you'd put your hand up if I asked this, a great gift we got from our parents or birthday or Christmas. There was something, a gift that just surprised us. That's how we're supposed to greet every day. That's what James says. Greet every day as, as a gift, as a surprise, as something uh, for you. And I, something keeps that fresh. Yes, you know, I think it's in Lamentations. Well, not for the mercies of the Lord, we would be consumed. Now, you guys know by now I have a very vivid picture. Like, you guys know what flash paper is? Magicians use flash paper. They hit a spark to it, and it goes, and it's gone. If it were not for the mercies of the Lord, we would be flash paper. Mm -hmm. But his mercies, they're new. Every day. Every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh, come on. To just learn how to wake up every day and say, God, I thank you for this day. Thank you for this day. And thank God for everything. I don't even talk about what went left. I just thank you for my health, my strength. I still got my mind. I still got my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You just brought up uh, one of the saints, and we've, the only reason we're still in ministry are saints that God sent into our life. Yes. very first church I served was the oldest historical black church in Lorain County. They were down to 32 people. It was not handicap accessible. And Aunt Myrtle, I called her. Aunt Myrtle, she was on a walker. And why she got up those stairs every single Sunday, I'll never know. She lived in a house that was a back house of another Mm. person's property. She didn't have two nickels to her name, 
but um, she would come into church every Sunday and she had Parkinson's and she would say, Pastor, Pastor, come here. And she'd lean into me and say, Grace woke me up this morning. Wow, wow, wow. And started me on my my way. way. Every Sunday she would say that. And I'm like, how can I? I was 32 at the time. I did have an eight pack. Yeah, I, I did. I, I played college ball. I did too. I got I, pictures. Yeah, I got pictures. You know, I ran track. You've I, seen I, them. I, I ran track. Um, I was, I was, yeah, I, there we were, I'm man. The, the older we get, the better we used to be. Um, <laughs> but I'm saying that I, when you just start saying that, I had Aunt Myrtle come in my head and say, yeah. "Chip, Grace woke you up this yes. morning." Yes. And live in that understanding, friends. Live in that understanding. Pride infects our soul, and it puts us at the center instead of God. Yes, you know, I think about back on praise is one of the reasons why God exhorts us to praise. Praise crushes pride. Yeah. Praise crushes pride. You know who said that? Dr. King. I didn't know that. I took that. I thought that was mine. It I was, was going to get prideful yeah. about that. <laughs> you plagiarist. He's plagiarist. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say it as well as you. Oh, thank you. But what he did said, he said, do you realize the civil rights movement is a revival movement? Yeah. Before we march, we're in worship for three hours. And he said, praise is our protest against the evil of the world. Wow. I, I never knew that. And the thing about praise, if you notice when you read through in, in Psalms, uh, it's demonstrative. Lift up your hands. I'm not lifting up my hands. Oh, okay. I see. You know, exalt God. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. I'm not shouting unto God with a voice of triumph. It's a private thing. Unless I'm at the Browns game, then it's a public thing. Pride. It's because we won't acknowledge the goodness of God. Watch this. God does good for us big. Like the car you're driving. Big. Like the house you're in. Big. And, And a big God don't deserve a small praise. Okay, if you're taking notes today, put that one down. A big God does not deserve a small praise. All of you online, Pastor Kurt, put that in the chat. A big God does not deserve a small praise. And, and what, that gets us to the healing of pride. The healing of pride was delivered to this earth in a little manger yes. over 2,000 years ago. Yes. Something bigger than Nebuchadnezzar. Something bigger than the world. Something bigger than Babylon. Something bigger than the United States of America was delivered into this world as a recipe for what our soul is really craving. Yes. Right? I'm going to let Pastor Steve have the last word, but i got to share this one story that I read today. I, I will. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire my last bullet and then give it to my brother. Um, how many of you are so happy that Pastor Steve is part of this ministry? Oh, stop it. I mean it. I'm Thank giving you, you all the props. He makes me better. I think we didn't even know each other before we, we, we didn't. It was, a, it was a God kind of thing. It was. I'm proud of that. I am too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> See? Look at yeah. what we did. Do any of you know the name Indra Newell? Newell? She was one of the first... Uh, CEOs of a Fortune 500 company in our country. She was in 2000 made the CEO of PepsiCo. Oh, wow. And, and she couldn't wait after she got the call to go home and tell her mom. And she went home. Her mom was living with her at the time. And she said, Mom, I got some great news for you. She said, great, go buy some milk. <laughs> and she's like, it's 10 o'clock at night. I got go buy some milk. Yeah. 
Because whatever news you have for me before you had that, you were my daughter, you were a child of God, yes, you are a yes. person, go buy some milk. Yes, yes. And then Ingrid said, I went and bought some milk and I came home and I brought my mom some milk and, and I said, hey, can I share the news now? She said, now that you're properly ordered, you can share some news. She said, I was just made the CEO of PepsiCo. She said, great, go buy some more milk. <laughs> go buy some milk, friends. Yes. And remember who your author is. Have the last word, my brother. All right. Uh, I'm about to go buy some milk, bro. Yeah. Um, the, the beauty of all of it is that when the Lord brings instruction, instruction is the mildest form of rebuke, by the way. It's a very mild form, a beautiful form where the Lord just allows us to see. God is not trying to destroy us with truth. He's trying to build us up so we can see it. The, the sin of pride is one of the things that when I, I actually grew up being taught how to be proud about I'm a saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled preacher. I was taught it. It's religious pride. I was a Pharisee. And every now and again, the Pharisee in me jumps out. Mm -hmm. Why are they doing? You know why what they Larry do? Osborne yeah. did? He wrote a book called The Accidental Pharisee. He said, nobody means to become a Pharisee. It's like eating at Denny's. Yes. Nobody intends to do it. You just end up there. You just end up there. <laughs> you know, and the Pharisee in me jumps out. So the experience that I had when I came to Garfield, we didn't know each other. God put us together. And so I thought he was off his rocker. I'm like, dude, you haven't even heard me preach. Don't you know what I, I no brother, you're the one. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I'm sitting over here. You may remember this. I'm sitting over here and communion is happening. Mm. And I get teary every time I think about it. And all of the people, the kindreds and the tongues and the nations just start walking up the aisle. Some people were walking fast. Some people were walking slow. Some people were limping. Some people were just like, hey, Bill, I'm here. I'm going to eat some I'm here. Right? And then the people serving the communion were just regular folk. See, where I come from, you had to have on white gloves. Mm. And hats. And hats. And you have to sing certain songs. You know, you know. You have to sing those songs or else it's not proper. And then, and then uh, my, my, my buddy, Pastor Terry, you know, she says, it's not our table. It's not the United Methodist Church table. It's not Pastor Terry. It's the Lord's table. And people were coming and I was sitting over there weeping my eyes out. Because the Holy Spirit let me see that I did not see. And now I see. And I said, thank you, Lord. Now, wait a minute. He's kicking my butt. And I'm saying, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Because the thing in me that was so prideful was being snatched mm. out. Why? Not so I could walk around and say, now I got it. But to walk around and say, first, I give glory to God that he allows me to commune better with him and watch this, better with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the pride in me keeps us separated from one another. It keeps us in our silo. It keeps us in our mindset. So we don't even have the time to see the beauty that's in the differences that God created. And that is the glory of it. And all of it's found in Christ. In Christ, who came, who died for all. God so loved the world that he so loved the world, the world, everything in the world. All, all that the stuff we met, he loved the world. And he gave his son to bring life to whoever would receive. And that's the ultimate solution is Christ as Lord and Savior.
Not I, but Christ in me. Amen. Christ in me. Do you know what you, I remember that day when you fell apart? Yeah. You know what you said to me? You came over and said, I just got healed from something I didn't even know was broke. I, that's right. I, I got you. healed. I love you, bro. I love you too, brother. That's our message. We are out. We out. Chip and Steve.